Hello, Internet fans. It's your old pal Rotten Roger DeMarco here from 3bproductionco.com. And today, we're doing something a little different. We're doing a podcast. The 3B Productions Podcast. With me, Rotten Roger DeMarco, and I brought a couple people along. So, introduce yourselves. Ladies first. Uh, uh, Tori? I don't have a fun name. Tori doesn't have a fun name, but... For those of you who follow the channel, she is responsible for all of the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I could not do this without without her, so I'm super glad that she's here to talk about movies that I have no idea about. Um, uh, hi there, I'm, I'm DJ. <laughs> and I'm Bert Macklin, FBI agent. Sup, Bert? <laughs> you never take me, see? You never take me. So we're trying this format out just to expand what it is we do on the channel and on the website in general and no one silences their phones before things start Quiet on the set Bert Quiet. has exited the building <laughs> Bert Macklin that's an urgent FBI call so yeah today we're gonna try something a little different we're just gonna shoot the shit about a couple of movies and uh, this was mainly the brainchild of Tori Hop. So, we're going to let her take the lead, and uh, we'll see where we go from there. Well, I wanted to talk about Hereditary because I just watched it. Because yes. I'm late to everything. You are definitely late to the party with Hereditary. <laughs> that's funny because that's what I called my review, late to the party. <laughs> uh, um, so, before you get into like crazy, crazy detail, uh, just first impression. Like it, hate it, indifferent. I thought it was good. I will not watch it again. Would you not watch it again because it scared you, or will you not watch it again because you just didn't care a great deal for it? Or did you just not get it? Yeah, man. No, I got it. I just (laughs) didn't think it was, like, the most fantastic thing that people are talking about. Like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes that hype kills things. So had I gone to see it, like, in the movie theater... Before the hype had I probably would have liked it more... Mm. But I thought it was good, but I think I got everything I needed from it, so I'm not going to watch it again. I see. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but from the trailers, I still can't figure out which character is supposed to be the hereditary, but hopefully they tell me which one that is. <laughs> <laughs> There's an actual line, this one is the hereditary. Yeah, it's like it's like, like in Bandersnatch, I was the Bandersnatch the whole time. It's true. Like, it's oh God. fact. I don't even want to talk about that. I haven't seen it yet, and I've it's been recommended. So. I've recommended it firmly, and I recommend you go in as blind as possible. I thought it was a pile of trash, and it's been two hours of my life and i never am gonna get that back oh man i enjoyed it just because (laughs) like the thing about movies is so much the time you're like god don't go in there and this one actually listens to you (laughs) to some degree yeah there's some instances where it's like don't go in there and then the motherfucker's like "Uh, i'm gonna do it anyway it's fine no Um, i i hate the minute you was like i'm controlling you through netflix i was like i'm done i'm out that that i'm done that shit's good (laughs) Uh, with hereditary my dog is in the building um, yeah, you got dirt all over my pants. What the hell? Come with, on, Danny. With Hereditary, um, I really enjoyed a lot of things about it. I, I thought that it was very um, like suspense-driven right from the beginning, even though nothing is happening, really. Like you said, it has a very slow start. For whatever reason, when we started the movie, I just felt like um, uneasy. I just felt nervous. 
because I, I, I did not know the direction that the movie was gonna take me in, and I was I was worried for the characters, and I was worried for myself because I was like, I haven't been scared scared by a movie in a long time, so I was like, I don't know that I'm ready to be scared because the hype had got me. You know, everyone was saying it's gonna scare the shit out of you, and I was like. I don't think so, but if it does, I don't know if I'm ready to admit that it scared me. And there was a, there was stuff about it. Uh, go ahead. I screamed. Yeah, she screamed you out screamed. loud, audibly oh God, out yeah. loud. Oh, really? Like, Usually I'm the screamer right? in movies. I didn't scream at all. It, it touched on a lot of my childhood fears, and I was like, no, no, no. And then it would happen. I'd be like, ah, damn it! <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil the movie for the person who hasn't And it's seen. hard to talk about this movie without spoiling bits of it because the big major plot point happens pretty early in the movie and you're like, well, I can't talk about that That's now. Genius. after it. Genius because the trailer presents you one movie and then the movie gives you a completely yeah. different movie. Those are, those are the best. Like the when the trailer leaves switch. nothing. Yeah. yeah. Like a, one of the most interesting ones I can think of is how like the movie pans Labyrinth and their trailers... They never let on that the movie was completely in Spanish. Right. At all. In the entire trailer. And it's just like, what? Like, how do you do a trailer without letting on the main point of the freaking movie? <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. I liked, uh, they do that same, they do the bait and switch. Which Paranormal Activity was that? Three. Paranormal Activity 3, where it was back when uh, Katie and her sister were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. The, the trailer for that, if you remember... They had, like, all these scenes with, like, a priest getting, like, his face slammed into the table by the ghost and all these things that weren't in the movie at all. So, like, when you're in the movie and the priest shows up and he's blessing the house, everyone knows. They're all like, okay, the ghost is going to get that guy. And so you're just waiting. And it doesn't happen. So you go, wait. What the fuck? What? And then a different scare comes and you're like, okay. That's where one time where the marketing gets you. But the, the problem with a movie like that is that scare doesn't last. When you watch a movie like Paranormal Activity and they get you one time with the scare, the repeat viewings don't have the scare. You know what? Say what you want about Paranormal Activity. I'm not a huge fan of that franchise. But the one thing nobody can take away from them is their marketing. Yeah. Like the first movie was purely just a, hey, contact your theaters and tell them you want this movie. And it worked. Yeah. And they got like a million of the same movie out of it. So that's pretty impressive. <laughs> Yeah, they did with the, get seven of them or something. Are they making any more anytime soon? Is that something? I think that died. That was like a once a, every Halloween mm-hmm. deal, and then it died. But I think when Insidious came out, they're like, ah, we're kind of, they're gonna market that corner now of weird ghost. Things. I am, I am ghosted the fuck out. Oh damn, an actual horror film. Oh no, competition. <laughs> I like uh, Paranormal Activity too. I'm ready to see us. Yeah, us looks good. Us I'm ready for that type of horror. That's yeah. good horror. I Jordan really Peele. There's still Get Out. I hated Get Out. <sighs> really? Mm-hmm. That's one we've all seen. Okay, like, yeah, we've all yeah, seen what's, Get Out. What's your, what's your issue with Get Out? I thought it was boring. Really? And I could not keep watching it. I just was like sitting there going, I'm tired of this movie. I want it to be done. Oh, wow. Oh, man. I didn't like it. I, I think that's kind of what lulls you into the, the movie, though, is how it seems like it's going, like, it's going nowhere and it's kind of boring, but that kind of gets you unprepared for it. Like, I didn't, I didn't find it boring. One moment of it was boring no. at no. all. I don't Not know if boring is the right word for it. I think it, like, it, it plays like... Expecting. Yeah, it plays like nothing's going to happen or, like, everything could happen. But it's kind of like with the other movie. Like, as soon as you press play, it's like, oh, something... 
something's not right with this. Yeah. I, I knew immediately the girlfriend was up to something and get out. And I knew immediately it was going to end with, like, him having to do something like kill her. But I don't think that was supposed to be the twist. Because, I, I mean, I, I mean, think the twist were... was, like, the whole brain thing. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I'm like, it's not... Like, I don't know. I just whole, wasn't impressed. The whole time they lead you thinking like, oh, it's just just a simple, like an allegory for slavery, but it's much more than that because they're actually taking their bodies. Right. So like, because I thought they were just like brainwashing them and then selling them like slaves. I right. thought that was what was going on, but the whole the whole brain transplant part added just another layer to it for me. Yeah, uh, and Jordan Peele, like he's uh, he's said in a bunch of interviews that his main inspiration. For that film was Rosemary's Baby and um, The Stepford Wives, which I don't know if you've seen either of them. I haven't, films. but I know like the basic plots and I can see the comparison. Yeah, and The Stepford Wives, uh, that small community where that doctor alters all the women to essentially be the perfect, perfect. Mm. and be sl- essentially slaves for their husbands. And then there was different ones. You know, there was like The Stepford Children, or I, I think it was The Stepford Children. But there, there's like two or three of the Stepford movies where they expand that. the Stepford husbands. Yeah, there might have been the Stepford husbands, <laughs> and then everyone's just the robots. The Stepford stepdads. Rim shot. I wonder if the guy from Stepdad would like to be in the town of the Stepford wives. The guy from Stepdad. Yeah, the... Stepfather? The stepfather. That's what I mean. Yeah, Step- stepfather. Oh, Terry O'Quinn? Yeah, if Terry O'Quinn, if like his oasis would be the Stepford Wives. It would probably. Suburbia. Although you'd probably <laughs> still find something wrong with him, and then I think that all the robots would just kill Terry O'Quinn. And that'd be that'd be oh. an interesting movie. Oh, he, he might have a chance. <laughs> bless me. Never. <sighs> May the Lord Satan bless me. <laughs> I don't know. Like, last thing I really have to say on Get Out is, like, I can't say that there's been a movie I've seen in theaters that elicited that type of feeling and thought in a movie in a, at least a long, long time. Like, Didn't it win some award? Oh, it won, it won I like think, Best Director. I think yeah. It didn't get Best Picture. It lost to The Shape of Fucking Water. Which is stupid. That's but, a pretentious movie. But like, I And movie. I love GDT. It sucks. I yeah. love GDT, but like I, I, I still think Get Out deserved that one. Like it was just, it was it was original, and that's something you don't see anymore. Whereas The Shape of Water, like it's you're kind of your typical like you know a Frankenstein type story, except more pretentious. And it's like, eh, yeah. I, like, I feel I still feel like it was an original concept. I liked. But I think people were turned off by the fish fucking. Yeah, that's a that big did, deal. That, see, and that's what. <laughs> Or turned said on. About yeah. Some people liked it. Oh, you didn't like Brokeback Mountain because it was a two gay dudes. It's like no, I didn't like Brokeback Mountain because it was a shitty movie. Yeah. I liked. Brokeback it had nothing Mountain. to do with the two two guys, two girls, a guy or a girl. Um, it just two guys, a girl, and pizza place. I didn't yeah. like that movie because I watched. I was eight and walked into my parents watching it. <laughs> walked in like it was porn or something. Well, I okay, I was well, like seven of. or eight, and I walked in during like the sex scene in the tent or whatever when they're like tents are rocking when they're like naked and all over each other. And my my parents had told me beforehand they're like, hey, we're watching an adult movie, so you need to go upstairs. I was thinking something with like blood and guns and shit, you know, like adult, like hell yeah, sign yeah. me up. So I hid, I hid <laughs> so I could check this movie, and I was like sneaking around the corner, and right as I saw the tent scene, my parents saw me, and my mom like jumped up and was like. Go! Like shaking me off upstairs. You away. And, yeah, I never came back down. Um, uh, I saw Brokeback Mountain on a date on Valentine's Day. Whoa. Now I 
now friend's husband, they had broken up for that weekend, and she said, take him out to be nice, because like, he's really upset. <laughs> I think I know who it was. Yeah, uh, and uh, I was like, okay, so I went with that, like him and my gay friend, and then I made my other friend come, and we were just sitting there like, why are we here on Valentine's Day? <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to be here. I, uh, I liked certain things about Shape of Water, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was gung-ho, all in on that movie. And I thought I, I had higher expectations. I wanted it to be a monster movie, which it does have elements of a monster movie, but it doesn't. It's kind of more of a romance. Yeah, it's exactly, romance, exactly. It's like I'm not a romance, fan. but it's like it's a romance movie in a sense that like Dracula was a romance mm. film. It's it has monster elements. It has romance elements. It has this. Uh, amazing set design and fantastic. fantastic. Um, of course it did. It was Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, like, the 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 whatever you call that the the time frame, like capturing the time frame, like not set design, but you know what I'm saying. The aesthetic. The aesthetic yeah. of that that period in time is captured very well. The old cars, the outfits, the the way they talk, mm-hmm. the the ladies' apartment, the, and the her friends' apartment, just the the way that that movie was pieced together is gorgeous it's super fun to look at but it didn't give me enough monster i I felt like i felt like we're going along on this ride she's in love with this creature and obviously it's like it's forbidden she should not be in love with this creature so when it came time for the climax no pun intended um um, that the monster would be more monstrous Instead, the monster is almost heroic in a sense of what the monster... Kind of like Venom. Yeah, what the monster oh, does. Don't get started on that. Oh, Venom's... I love Venom. And, oh, my God. And I, ju- I just wanted the monster to be a monster. I right? wanted the monster to be a villain. That's why I wanted... That's what I wanted for Venom. I was like, I just want this to be a bad dude that I'm like, yes! Well, you, yeah, know what you, was... you know what you could do? You could go to the 3B Production Co... Uh, YouTube channel and watch my review for the 2005 <laughs> Venom film where it is indeed a bad guy. A bad guy. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> but sidebar. But, <laughs> but is it is it is it Tom Hardy talking to himself and eating frozen tater tots? Yes or no? No. I feel like there you that, go. that was like a real reach because uh, Deadpool has burritos. Jimmy so Chongas. He doesn't even Venom, like Jimmy Chongas. And Venom now has frozen tater but tots. But in the whole, but, but in Venom, he specifically says, "Can't eat food. I can't eat real human food. It right? makes me sick." Oh, I love tater tots. <laughs> like what? Well, like well, okay, maybe that was my really bad impression. Yeah. Party. <laughs> Don't potatoes and humans no, have like whatever DNA. percent of the same DNA? <laughs> well, let, me do, let me do my let me do my Tyson. We are Venom. That sounds like. How would they know human. what foods they can eat, though, human. if they had never been what? to Earth? And then maybe he tried tater tots and, like... Because he was trying a bunch of food, and he just kept puking it up. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of what maybe I thought. Maybe he's a vegetarian. Like, oh, the thing yeah. about Venom, you gotta get... <laughs> that eats people faces. Well, like, animal <laughs> vegetarian, you, you can only get your meat from humans. Oh. Okay. You see, like... 
makes it's like it's like me being lactose intolerant. I shouldn't eat the cheese, but I'm going to. Wait, <laughs> we, we both are going to eat the cheese. If pescatarian is only eats fish, would humanitarians only eat humans? Oh, that's Whoa. funny. Like that's maybe, a good one. yeah, venom's a humanitarian. There you go. But okay, the, the, <laughs> the thing with venom, and this is why I stave off a lot of the the cynicism and the hatred with this movie because origin stories, especially for superheroes and characters of that like, are difficult. Difficult to do right, especially considering that Venom is a character whose origin relies exclusively on Spider-Man, a character they could not use for the movie. So they had to make this loved character from the ground up and still try to have the same personality traits. That's admirable. That's fine. I just it think just it'd been a better awful. movie if he was a bad dude. <laughs> I, yeah, I think the thing is, though, is like, him kill I think one it was cop. a great, I think it was a great movie. It was fun. It was kind of unique, but it's like stop pussifying everything. I agree. I think if they would have gone the Deadpool route and been like, no, this is just gonna be a bad dude who eats yeah people. That's what see, we wanted. We we just can't. I don't know because we. I think they tried too hard to make it we, family friendly. We no don't want it to go the go. Deadpool route mm. because we. Yeah. Because we are sick of that. But then you don't want it to go the typical comic route because we are sick of that. So it's like... I think it was a fine medium. I think I'm is. sick of movies. No, no I'm... I, well, <laughs> no com- more movies. Like comic book <laughs> movies, I don't want to like alienate myself to, because I will watch them and I do enjoy them to some degree. They're my but favorite. I, but I am not uh, well-versed in the comic um, universe like you or you. So when I just... I just go along for the ride. And mm-hmm. I treat every movie with like the same amount of respect as a popcorn movie that I just want to have fun with. And as as far as that aesthetic goes, I had a good time with Venom. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know anything about who he's supposed to be or why he's supposed to be. I do know from the Amazing Spider-Man cartoon. In Spider-Man 3. And yeah, well, fuck Spider-Man mm-hmm. 3. Fuck, fuck Spider-Man 3, folks. Yeah, um, there's too much stuff going on in Spider-Man 3. There's too many villains. That was a problem with Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 2 as well. Is they felt the need to like, ah, let's put like three fucking Spider-Man movie villains in here since we're not going to get another movie. And it's like, or you could just flesh out one really yeah. well. Right. Which is like, that's why I think the best of the Sam Raimi movies is Spider-Man 2. That's what I thought the worst thing about um, the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie was. I was like, dude, this could have been five movies long and I would have still loved it. Mm-hmm. I th- Love the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Guardians, Guardians 2 actually might too. be my favorite that's, MCU that's a, movie, though. That's a Marvel movie that I'm like, yeah, I've got to see that I was going to go see that movie it's fresh. when I got sick and mm. almost died. <laughs> and so I think since what then happened? I just... <laughs> Why didn't you, you already look pretty dead? <laughs> and I think now I'm just like I don't want to watch that movie. I almost died when I almost watched <laughs> that movie. <laughs> There's a stigma attached yeah, to if that I watch film. This movie, I will die. The thing with Guardians too, though, because like I loved it, but after I first saw it in theaters, I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. But I think I like the first one more. After a repeat viewing and looking at it through a different lens, it's my favorite Marvel movie because Guardians Two is strictly about family. Like, mm-hmm. the first one is about this ragtag group coming together, looking past each other's differences, working together, showing that even people from bad walks of life can do good. Right. And the second one is so much, like, they almost hammer it in, but it's in a very subtle way. Like, a lot of issues people had was Baby Groot. But the thing is, is if you watch the way the Guardians treat Baby Groot, they're raising him. Right. Like, in the opening scene, that was my one of my friends biggest issues with the movie was the opening credit scenes with Groot dancing. Like, I wanted to see the fight. That wasn't the point. 
you weren't supposed to see the fight. Uh-huh. Right. What you were supposed to see was the Guardians working together not only to fight the monster, but also to keep Groot from getting fucking hurt. Right. And then there's just so many other family aspects, even down to that beautiful final scene. Uh, you have, have you seen? You no, said you haven't seen it. I don't want to spoil it. Oh no, it's fine. But you know the final scene. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Where Groot is sitting on Star Lord's lap and like falls asleep. Like that cements it. Like yeah. this group is a full-on family, and that's why I love it. It touches on the bad aspects of family with the villains and Thanos. Touches on the good aspects of family with the Guardians and everything. It it tells a good story. I highly recommend if you have qualms with that movie, watch it again, thinking this is about family. So and then watch Infinity War, where Inf- everyone goes, just dies, just gone. <laughs> Infinity War. Spoiler alert, I haven't seen that one. I, if, even if you haven't Trust seen me, it, good luck they're all going to come back. Oh. The people who die, like, there's, like, spoilers. Spider-Man, when he's like, oh, Mr. Stark, I'm so sorry. I'm like, Zoe's Zoe crying. And I still I'm like, cried. He has another movie coming yeah. out. He's going to be okay. I still <laughs> cried. It was still sad. Like, even, like that's, no, that's I how. I only cried when Winter Soldier snapped because mm-hmm. then I was like no my Bucky why yeah but he's coming back too they already yeah, asked a miniseries for him and Falcon well that and he signed on for nine movies yeah that's so I'm like he's good well, but I still him, love Bucky he's either going to be Captain America or he's going to become White Wolf they think it's White Wolf I really hope it's White Wolf because of Black Panther I would, all, I would also like learn. to see <laughs> what's happening I would rather see Falcon become Captain but anyway I think that would be better but they don't I don't feel like they give enough um, attention to Falcon no but I think that's the whole point of the miniseries <laughs> that they're going to yeah. do um, no, the last thing on Marvel movies, because I can just see, uh, <laughs> I can like see Roger forward. and, I don't remember your name. Who are Bert. you? Bert. Not I can, I can see Roger and Mr. Macklin over here just cringing. <laughs> no, but, you guys are fine. But I was just going to ask one question. Are there any titties in any of these films? <laughs> you wish. Uh, yeah. you, I mean, probably, like, you probably see Cap's titties a couple times. Ooh. Which, yeah, Those good. are some quality titties. Those are titties. good titties. <laughs> Rotten Roger would approve. Uh. No, like, the thing with Infinity War is why I think it was... Because a lot of people talk about how it was overhyped or overrated. Why I think it deserves the praise it got is it was able to elicit those emotions even though you knew they were going to come back. Yeah. That takes talent. Because I hate revivals in movies, but Infinity War did it in a way where it's like, this is the first time you see, on this scale, the heroes lose. Yeah. In any fucking movie. And and you see so much emotion from it. Mm -hmm. Like, when you watch the Endgame... Trailer, trailer oh and God. Cap's crying, and he's like, "This has to work." You're like, "I don't know what it'll do if it shit. doesn't." Yeah, you know, it was like just... Cap's like done. Like, and I think beat. I think Ant Man and the Wasp was a great movie to release after that because it just did a good job yeah, of setting like the stage. It was fun. I loved, it. and then I'm super stoked for Captain Marvel. Do not get the hate that's being thrown towards it. It looks funny. People are throwing hate, and I feel like it's, it's simply because, it's because she's she, female. Well, that she shows no emotion. She's this Oscar-winning actress, and she has You've no emotion seen in the trailer. Yeah. I'm like, she's an alien, technically. Yeah, she's Give her a, some time. Yeah, watch the movie and then judge the emotion. You can't tell the full emotion based off the fucking trailer. Like, yeah, Endgame was able to elicit that, but they were also playing off of Infinity yeah, War. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. Like, they don't need to release any more trailers for Endgame. They have Infinity War. That's, like, the best trailer you need for that three hour long movie yeah like going back to the whole trailer showing different things marvel does that well because with infinity war yep. they showed cap and thanos like going at it and they don't actually show that they show like hulk, the hulk busting out yeah and you're like oh sweet and hulk's not even in it no Bruce banner is but hulk's it, not and so it's Thor's like eyes yeah and so like when like marvel will say we'll film specific scenes just to go in the trailer that you're never gonna see in the movies right because it's just trying to gain more traction That's, that's a, and that is 
an amazing way for marketing. That's mm-hmm. a, you know, and I, I said it earlier, the, the old bait and switch, because it, it makes you anticipate those moments. And it, you know, you're going to sit and you're waiting and you're waiting and then they pull the rug out from under you and what they show in the trailer doesn't happen like that or, you know, and so, which makes you think it could be a deleted scene. So that's also another thing that, uh, makes you get the physical media copy mm-hmm. to go through the deleted scenes and see, well, where did that end up? Um, unrated cuts sell movies for me. I'm like, not, and I'm not a, uh, fan per se at all of the Elm Street re- reboot. It was pretty, pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> but, um, Bert would well, like to well. change his name. Bert is now That's Janet Snakehole. Please refer to her as such. Thank you. Oh dear. Um, but the Elm Street, the Elm Street reboot, um, uh, it's not a good movie by any means. So I watched it again the other day because Evil always recommends that I give it more chances than mm-hmm. I have because I do not like it. Um, but then there's a special feature on the Blu-ray that's uh, reviving Freddy Krueger. So it's probably a half-hour special feature. I threw it on, and while I'm watching that, I'm seeing all types of scenes that were not in the final movie. There's stuff with like Freddy Krueger wearing a cloak. There's a scene where he is inside of... What's the sad kid's name in that movie? That's in fucking... Emo. Yeah, that's in uh, Haunting in Connecticut. And Oh, God, I know what kid you're talking about. Is he the main one that has like the all stuff coming out of his mouth? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a there's a scene that they were showing in that making of where it's it's that character and then Freddy's hand comes up and slits him down the face and Freddy comes out of the skin and I'm like that's oh. a total nod to Elm Street two, and I was like where is that? Why did that? Because that would have been so fucking cool. And now it's got me like scouring the world for those deleted scenes yeah. of a movie that I don't necessarily care about and that's what's that PG-13 or rated R no it was rated R there are some movies that like the special features are better than the movie like I or like making of stuff like I, like Rob Zombie's Halloween I like that one well enough I mean it's not as good as the original but it's I, it's okay like, it's a know, movie yeah, yeah it's, it's alright but the it's making okay. of documentary that we watched it was like three hours long that was awesome that gave me so much insight oh nine like, you give me so much insight into that movie and everything, and I, yeah, like, sometimes those special features can save the movie for me, to some extent. Yeah, um, totally lost my train of thought right there. You got... <laughs> About Freddy? No. Well, just... okay, so, like, this kind of goes with your, like, reviewing of the Nightmare, and goes with my Guardian's comment. Sometimes you just have to tell yourself before rewatching a movie, you have to watch it a different way. Right. Quentin. Like... Yeah, Quentin. He plays Quentin. The uh, the movie that I always use as reference, and I've heard many people do this, but uh, episode one of Star Wars, and I've told you this, if you tell yourself before watching that, this is an adventure comedy, <laughs> and none of the other Star Wars movies exist, because this is episode one, it's enjoyable. There's still issues with it. You know, some of the stuff hasn't aged as well. Jar Jar's, Jar Jar's less annoying, but he's I still... I Jar-, Jar Jar. I liked Jar Jar as a kid, and I don't mind him, but like I feel like you could tell the movie without him. But, yeah. but like still, like it, yeah. You, sometimes you just need to tell yourself, like, and you shouldn't have to with good movies. <laughs> but sometimes you just need to define. So I feel like you should try to find appreciation from any movie when possible, unless there's something outright egregious with it, like Knock Knock. Fuck Knock Knock. Hey. Fuck Knock Knock. Knock, knock. Wasn't bad at all. 
The best part of Knock Knock is, as always, Keanu brought his best performance, but I thought that movie was garbage. What? Are you kidding me? I stand by that claim. That movie just, is... I thought it was just okay. No movie has pissed me off more than that movie because <laughs> I... I that's why I know, that, I know that's the point, but like it pissed me off because it didn't seem like it was properly leading to anything, and it didn't seem like it was properly telling it. Like, and granted, you got to take the movie but for what no, it is, but even at that, I still didn't enjoy it. It's super. Like you could, it's relatable. It's like okay, I could see how this could escalate like this if you're just trying to be a nice guy, and then you know your family doesn't appreciate you, and these two hot chicks are all like, hey, yeah, let's do, and you're just like. Fuck it, why not? I know? love the. Uh, it was free pizza! Yeah, I love the scene where they keep trying to sit next to him. Mm-hmm. It totally is like they keep getting closer and sitting to him, and he like kind of. He'll, he'll answer their question, and he's like nervous. You can tell that he's super nervous, so he's he moves. Moving he's around. constantly moving mm-hmm. this like. It's a cat and mouse! And he's just trying so hard to like be this good person. And, and, uh,. That movie just left such a sour taste in my mouth, and not in the way that it intended to. What about Hard Candy? Have you seen Hard Candy? I have candy? not seen Hard Candy. See, but these like, are the type of movies oh that... There are, yeah, you told me about that after we saw Knock Knock. You mentioned Hard Candy. And, like, to bring up a movie that Ellen I think Page. is... Yeah, I was just thinking about that. To bring up a movie I think is good that elicited anger would be, like, The Crucible. Like, I don't know that. That one's, like, a retelling it's of, like, a... the Salem Witch Trials. And, like, that movie pisses you off. And that's the point. And it does it in a good way. Mm. Like, it... I, I enjoy that movie, but Knock Knock, maybe, again, maybe I should rewatch that and tell myself to view it a different way. Yeah, I think, well, it's actually, it's a remake uh, yeah, it's of even... a 77 movie called The Death Game or Death Trap, something like that. I don't know if someone who's listening knows, leave a comment and let us know, because I have seen it once, and I feel like it is The Death Game, and it's exactly the same it's almost it's almost shot for shot except for the stuff with the you know facebook video and stuff like that see that was the stuff where i like i feel like if they would have left that aspect out of it i would have liked it more i just i don't know i can't it's been a long time since i viewed it it's been at least a year or so mm-hmm. i just and my my roommate's seen it too and he fucking hates it for like the same reasons and so maybe maybe i'll rewatch it but i just I just remember thinking, like, this is just... And I like Eli Roth. I really do. And I love Keanu. Just did not click... Nope. Have you seen A House with a Clock in Its Walls yet? The Jack Black movie? Yeah. No. Eli Roth directed Yes, that. I did Did know he that. really? I, I did not know that. that. We, we, I got it for Christmas, and I've been trying to get everybody to fucking watch it. Yeah, we, we need to watch it. I, I don't have any, like, high hopes or low hopes for that movie. That movie just kind of, like, I, came and went for me. So, I hear it's fine. Yeah, so I'm like, I'll see it when we decide to watch yeah, nobody it. But... Was ever, I never saw anything like, this is the greatest movie of all time. Which. Sometimes it can lead to like some hidden treasure, though. Yeah. It's true. Cult classics and whatnot. Like when I saw going, going to the movie that I keep begging you guys to watch, Kingsman, I had oh. heard nothing about that movie. But I wandered into it because I had to write a movie review. It's based off a comic. Yeah, Yeah. but I was like, okay, I'm not gonna go watch any of these movies for my review. I'll see what Kingman's about. And I walked up going, this is the greatest movie to ever have been. The church scene is Mm. the greatest moment in cinematic Mm. history. It is is hands down one of the best choreographed fight scenes I have ever. I've written college papers about that scene because I'm like, the way it was filmed, the music, 
Colin Firth, like everything about Colin it Firth is, great is amazing. Sam Jackson, to, oh Sam Jackson will probably A-game hate it because they love it so much yeah. and everything they love. I don't know that you can <laughs> hate that movie. Have a. Uh, no, you guys would Have you guys, it, either of you, seen The Raid Redemption? Nope. No? The Raid is, that's got that's, really good choreography. Yeah, that is some crazy fight stuff. Have you stuff. seen Suspiria? That was good choreography. <laughs> the original Suspiria? No, I'm not seeing it. Oh. about ballet. Ha-ha. Ta-ta. We're, we're over the 30-minute mark, so if you've been listening this long, comment your favorite gremlin in the comments below. <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Oh, <laughs> That's vegetable my... gremlin. You talking about vegetable gremlin? <laughs> that in is in the movie. movie. <laughs> God damn it. I wish, I wish Key and Peele would come back, but it's great to see Jordan Peele doing great things. I'm mm-hmm. so excited for us. Have I said that yet? Yes. I'm but... really excited for it. Yeah. It looks very... And, and... Sorry, go ahead. No, you. And the Twilight Zone oh, revival, yes. which... I was really doubting that reboot until I saw who, that they had gotten Jordan Peele. Well, listen, and then I'm like, okay, all they've, right. They've done it a handful of times. They, mm-hmm. they redid it in the 80s with Wes. Hey, I know you they don't like. They had some good ones in that. You don't like that. <laughs> hey, hey, now. Wes Craven was attached. Wes Craven was responsible for a handful of those episodes. The 80s were okay. Don't forget Joe Dante. Forrest yeah, Whitaker. Joe Dante, uh, you know, Mick Garris, tons of big name John Landis. Mm-hmm. All these great directors were attached to that 80s series, which is why I... I have such a soft spot for that 80 series. And then the 2000 series Ugh. with um, Forrest Whitaker, Whitaker and, and Korn did the, yeah, the music. it was the worst. Um, the 80s was all right. It's, the problem with the year that Twilight Zone got revived in the 2000s is you have to take a step back and look at what was popular on mm-hmm. TV and what was popular in the cinemas. So you see... Trash. Shiny. Everything's shiny. Everything's pretty. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we went through that phase where, like, movie posters lost all originality, where they were just uh, the faces. Th- it was it was stacks of people's faces mm-hmm. in a movie title. Because you know? that's what sold movies. The V, the V of like, here's your lead, and then slightly off to the right is you know the co-star. Slightly off to the left. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. I miss like Captain the America really, has that. that. Yeah. Those lazy, um, photoshopped horseshit posters. You know, we strayed away from, like, the beautiful, like, hand-drawn posters. Everything lost its originality in the 2000s. And the movies and the TV, like, movies started getting um, TV actors, like, really popular TV actors, like Sarah Michelle Gellar was in, like, Scream 2 or, you know, the I Know What You Did Last Summer because it's all, yeah, it's all that Kevin Williamson stuff. Or the blonde chick from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. The grudge. The grudge. Yeah, she did do the Grudge remake, which was a Sam Raimi movie. Which oh, that was a remake. I, um, yeah, uh, but it just it took a weird turn. So then, when you look at TV that happened, then you can't take something like the Twilight Zone from the '50s, which has a very specific feel and captures a very specific time period. And what was what was relevant in the '50s is um, space travel and you know war and uh, radiation and all of these things, mm-hmm. all of these themes, apocalypse, yeah, are are touched on in the original Twilight Zone, and then you get to the '80s and you have um, similar themes with the more. Cold War. We had the Cold War. We have we have more space travel uh, with you know all kinds of uh, shuttles exploding and all kinds it's of very my futuristic favorite. back in the the 80s too yeah future orientated well my favorite one from the 80s one and honestly might be like my favorite twilight zone is the uh, shadow man no shadow man's really good but it was i can't remember the name 
but it was the one about the dude who got sick and he could talk to that one girl from the past. Yeah. That one, I'm not, I don't want to say anything else because if you haven't seen it, see it. It's oh, yeah. It's so, so good. So well done. It seems like something from the original series. And that's like a Salem. Yeah. Yeah. It takes place in Salem. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. And, and yeah, because I introduced you to that because mm-hmm. the, I just had you watch, like, binge watch a handful of episodes, six or seven episodes. But that, and that's that uh, beauty of the 80s, too. Because when Twilight Zone got its resurgence in the 80s, um, horror was super hot. Mm-hmm. So it, they did have, like, Wes Craven and Toby Hooper and Clive Barker and all of these guys who were, like, the horror maestros. It's sort of like the um, masters of horror that uh, did Showtime do Masters of Horror. Some channel did Masters of Horror, and that was Mick Garris. And Seems like something Showtime would do. It was Every episode was an hour long, and it was some random horror director would do an episode. But that, yeah, that feel of that 80s Twilight Zone is because splatter and horror was so Ooh, dominant. Yeah. That's why I'm excited for this one, because I feel like it's going to be like more about inner demons and shit like that like I think horror nowadays is more psychological it than is blood got score so it can win more Oscars. social as well it's well, more of a like social it can win Oscars because it's yeah. a psychological thriller not well, a horror film I want to say one more note on the 80's Twilight series because this is or Twilight Zone series that's been kind of like <laughs> bugging me have you seen the YouTube Red series or heard of it at all called The Thinning there's like two up movies they star like Logan Paul and Ew. they're okay. I mean, they're, I yeah, that. fuck no, Logan Paul. But they're about they're about like this world where these kids, when they go to school, they have to like take a test, and if they get too low on the test, they basically get put down. That's, oh, that's a, a fucking skit from the eighties Twilight that Zone. Is like eight. straight up, it was like a two minute short on one of those, and I thought it was great. And then when I started seeing ads for the thinning when it first came out, I'm like, this is just this is just the eighties Twilight Zone skit, but worse, and Logan Paul's in it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's not good, um, but yeah, and then you go to the two thousands where yeah, it was everything was MTV and everything was shiny and and there are a handful of episodes that are good, but that series didn't last very many seasons. I don't think um, it just it just didn't resonate with audiences in the early two thousands. But I think now I think we're ready for it, and I think that Jordan Peele at the helm, it won't it won't be. Every episode will not be written and directed by Jordan Peele, no, obviously. But, you know, he's gonna be kind of like the Rod Serling. Yeah, he is. He is the yeah. Rod Serling. So, but there will be handfuls of episodes written and directed by Jordan Peele, which means that I, like I think he's narrating thing. them all, though. God, yeah. Oh, of course. So yeah, he'll be. He excited. is the. He is the. Uh, the host. So he'll give his seal of approval on the episodes at least, and that's that's good enough for me. And I think that it'll be a great vehicle for him to introduce us to directors that we don't know that mm. he knows. Also, it might be a great opportunity to introduce mainstream audiences <clears throat> to um, horror directors that are not widely known, like a Ty West. Oh, yeah. Or, a, you know, some of these some of these uh, up-and-coming guys that make these independent horror films that blow you out of the water. I forget the director of, like, Starry Eyes or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that that begs, it begs for Twilight Zone episodes and... Just you know, give them a half hour to be creative and let them be yeah crazy. And they and the beauty of Twilight Zone is it doesn't have to be gory, because it's it's always that aha gotcha at mm-hmm. the end of the episode. It's very you know, uh, Tales from the Crypt did that with the EC comic stuff. They always have that like twist end 
but it's always like Twilight or uh, Tales from the Crypt is always gross, mm-hmm. and and Twilight Zone does not need to be gross. It's it's, it's more classy. Look, and the it, thing with like a, a new Twilight Zone series is I remember because we watched Get Out together in theaters when it like first came out, and I remember both of us saying that it felt like we were watching an episode of the Twilight Zone. Right. And so, and that was before any of the Jordan Peele, like, like nobody, nobody the hype train. Yeah, yeah. Because I, even after Get Out came out, I had no idea that he was going to become more of a genre director. Like I figured I'm like, okay, maybe he'll like branch out and I'm certain he'll probably do other genres as he goes on. He's a very v- verse man. Well, yeah. And they did that Keanu or Keanu, Keanu movie, which I which haven't seen. Fantastic. I hear it's hilarious. I haven't oh, seen my it. God. So. And I love Key and Peele with so much of my heart that I need to see that. You do. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd, I definitely need to see it as well. It just was one of those that it was before I had gotten really into Key and Peele, before I had discovered their oh yeah, you know their skit show. So the movie came and went for me. And uh, now I've had numerous people tell me, like, oh, it's yeah. super funny. You know, I, give it a I shot. I really had not watched the Key and Peele skit until my sister's ex-boyfriend started making her watch it. And then she started making me watch it. But we watched Keanu Strictly because it had a cat in it. Yeah. <laughs> we had no other reason to watch that movie. <laughs> See, but it was fucking fantastic. I remember watching Key and Peele as it was new and coming out. Because I was in like junior high. And I remember there was the, the skit where I'm pretty sure Peele was playing uh, Wiz Khalifa in prison. Or something along those lines. And it was just one of the funniest fucking skits. And I remember everybody was quoting it. And so I went and checked it out, and I just remember binge-watching that. And then everybody knows the East-West Bulls. Like, yeah. that show is just phenomenal. And it's sad that it's gone, but it's great to see that they're both continuing and yeah. doing even better. For a while better. there, Key was in every movie you turned on. Oh, he was just in The New Predator, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. he's in that. But then I was watching some other movie. Oh, I don't remember what it was. We were in the movie theater. My sister and I both went, he's in this fucking movie, too? Like, because we just watched another movie, like, a week before that when he was in it. Well, putting in thing, that work. Same thing has happened since Get Out with Sterling K. Brown, the main oh, actor. Yes. I've seen him in I mean, fuck, he's supposed to be in the new Frozen. Oh, really? Frozen 2, yeah. He's been casted for that. He was in Black Panther. like, And he's a great, great actor. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen a movie with him in it that I have not enjoyed. Yeah, so, he's a stud. And, uh... I'm pretty sure... Is he on This Is Us? Mm-hmm. Does he play... He plays the brother, doesn't he? Yeah, he's one of the brothers. Yeah. This Is Us is a great show, and he does a great job on that. Mm-hmm. So... I agree. I need to... I don't know what that it's is. It's very sappy. You would hate it. It's that. one of the saddest shows, but it tells Every a Every single story. episode makes you cry at the end, because you're <laughs> just like, this fucking family, they go through some shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it hits... It hits close to home sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely need to see it. I... I'm I'm okay with sappy stuff. I just you know I gravitate towards the popcorn movies, mm. but I, I'm not devoid of emotion. No, it's I, not, <laughs> and it's not sappy for the sake of being sappy. No, it's, it's sappy just, for the sake of realism. Oh, yeah, like there's a lot of stuff that happens in that where you're just like, God, that's like how they handle the situation. That's exactly how yeah. I would have handled that situation. They and, tackle just about any issue you can think of, and they do it with grace, and they do it well. Nice. And they do it all within their time. So. And I love Milo Ventimiglia and Mandy Moore. So. Yeah, well, hey, Rocky Balboa. Mm. And Heroes. And Gilmore Girls. Oh, see, I don't know about Gilmore Girls, but... <laughs> and Heroes. Tangled. Heroes, man. I don't man. like Tangled. I love Tangled. That's my sister's favorite Disney movie, and not... I just think it's okay. It's if, you wouldn't, if, you, if you didn't know better, though, like when you watch Rocky Balboa, he totally feels like he is... Sylvester Stallone's oh, yeah. son. I mean, he was getting compared to Sylvester Stallone even in Gilmore Girls. Like, people would be like, oh, he's 
he's so much like Sylvester Stallone. He should be like his son in a movie. And then Rocky came out, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I've Dude, put he off, kills it in that movie. I've too. put off seeing the Creed movies. Have you? I've seen the first. Creed Is it good? Because uh, I like Michael. Michael I like Michael B. Jordan a lot. It's okay. Um, and I, I'm a big Rocky fan, so I don't want to like get this misconstrued by by any means. But like, the issue I have with the Creed movie is um, the character that Michael B. Jordan plays is not relatable for me. When you watch a Rocky movie, the the thing that works for the audience is caring for and relating to Sylvester Stallone and the tr- troubles he's going through. He's, you know, he's dirt poor. He's in love with this girl. She doesn't pay him any attention. He's a, he's a knuckle breaker for a fucking numbers runner he's just this he's this guy whose life is just not good that he he just wants to make his life better he wants he wants to fall in love he wants to become an athlete he fights in these shitty smoker fights and he gets this opportunity to fight the champ and spoiler alert he loses the first movie. <laughs> you but it's, know? it's about going the distance. Yeah, it, the whole point is he goes the distance. There's this. There's a tremendous amount of growth in the Rocky films. There's not. It's not a boxing movie. They are not boxing mm. movies. They don't become. It's a love story. They don't become boxing movies until the like third and fourth installment. And but even at that, those are good boxing movies. Yeah, they're they're good boxing movies. They're sports movies, whatever. But at the core, they are a love story. And at the core, they are about personal growth. And when I watch Creed, I don't relate to Michael B. Jordan. He is rich. He is somewhat spoiled. He he like completely is like but living I, off of that namesake. And uh, I'd argue that's the point, though, is that it, you're not supposed to yeah, relate to him. Yeah, but so the the issue with that movie is watching him become a boxer you're supposed to start to you know uh start to relate to him you're supposed to start rooting for him and when i watch that movie the only time i am enjoying myself is when sylvester stallone is on screen as the trainer and sylvester stallone delivers his lines with heart and meaning and the stuff that he's going through he's sick which i he's got cancer and so he's fighting cancer in this movie and you know, this is a movie that is supposed to pass the torch. This is a movie that's saying it's no longer the Rocky show. It's the Adonis Creed show. Why do all I care about is the Rocky story? Like the A storyline, the B storyline. All I care about is the does the Dr. Pepper have carbonation? That's because we spent so long <laughs> with B Rocky. And like I think why it can't replicate the feeling of Rocky for us and it's is it's impossible because the story of Rocky is so much the story of Sylvester Stallone at that time. He was homeless. Yeah. He sold his dog weeks before he finally got that script picked up. He took drastic pay cuts just so he could also act and direct in the movie. And it won him an Oscar. Yeah. And it gave him the career. Like, And so then that was reflected in the later Rocky movies, and it kind of lost... And I, that's why it can't be replicated, is because Rocky is the story of Sylvester Stallone. Right. And Creed is not the story of Michael B. Jordan. Right. So it doesn't have the heart. It captures the nostalgia, which we talked about before we started the podcast. Is I have a, I have this, I sort of have an issue with, um, 
like niche marketing nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia. Yeah. I, you know, and that's episode what, seven. <laughs> yeah, and we talked about that because um, you haven't seen Ready Player One yet, which I really and like. I Ready Player One. Don't want One. to. Have you seen it? Ready? No, pl- and I don't want to. Ready? It's pretty good. It's Ready Player good. One is like an hour and a half nostalgia trip, but not, not in, not in like the derogatory way. Not in the way. That is like a like a wink wink. See how we're blowing ourselves. It it really feels genuine. It feels like, you know, Steven Spielberg. It's a it's a Spielberg film. It's an Amblin film. Yeah. So you know that the references and the uh, the the homage that's being paid is is coming from heart. It's coming from okay. the right place, and it's done in such detail. There's some Shining references. Okay. That. Are so incredible. I, I, I can't even. I, I love that movie, dude. See, and I, I really love like Spielberg. I have nothing but respect for that man. But really, when was the last, like, good. Bam! Spielberg. Is that a Steven Spielberg? Yeah, it is. No, it is really good because it what it feels like is it feels like we are back in when we were kids. Like, if this were to come to fruition, what the movie is about is, you know, VR and living inside the VR as whatever you want to be. And it's just, like, a whole bunch of people our age playing it and trying to, you know, play as what we remember in when we were kids. Yeah. That's see, what it feels like for me. I can see that take. It just, from the trailers and from all the hype around the book and my friends that have actually read it, watched it, and didn't really care for either or... Like the book it's and didn't care for the movie. A lot of people's list is the worst movies of that year. It just and I don't you know, I don't care as much about that stuff. It just comes off as too much pandering. It's like, hey, you like this thing? Here, we give Which, you that thing. Before I can label it as pandering, I should see it. Yeah. And I intend to. It's, I don't want to. I but. promise you that it's done from a place of respect. Okay. And I promise you that it is fun. And it it is and that's why I care about important. most. It is important, but here, here, here comes the catchphrase. It is, in every sense of the phrase, a popcorn film. You want to sit back. You want to have a giant jolt cola, a bag of popcorn, some M&Ms, lights down, surround sound up, sucked into the movie, and go. I mean, it's... Those are my kind of movies. From start to finish, it's like you said, you know, a movie doesn't necessarily have to have social commentary. A movie can just be a movie. Mm -hmm. This one is It's just a movie. But there is social commentary. There is. But not not crammed down your goddamn Mm -hmm. throat. Like, you can't avoid social commentary. It's going to come up whether you intend it to or not. Yeah. People will read into it. Art reflects life. Exactly. Art reflects life. Movies don't create psychos. (laughs) Movies make psychos more creative. Good job. <laughs> is that your Matthew Lillard impression? <laughs> that was Skeet. That was definitely Skeet. Oh, that was yeah. Skeet. Is that your Skeet Ulrich impression? No, no, I didn't put my whole heart into <laughs> like that. Like from Doug? No, it's Skeeter. <laughs> That's Skeeter. <laughs> 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 that was really good. That was way better than mine. Fuck mine Doug. was half-hearted. <laughs> Do that again. I don't know if I... <laughs> Yeah. Can I get uh, you to record that on my phone later so I can have that happen every time I get a text message? From That's me? amazing. No, yeah. from everyone. It's oh. like, <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You, you got a little oh, too man. much bass in your voice like, for, the, for the ha ha. So that happens to some of us, Roger. <laughs> yeah, some of us. Some of us go through changes. It's okay. perfectly normal. So 
nobody here gives a shit about the Oscars, myself included, but have you heard about all the changes they're doing this year? I give a shit about the Oscars. I, I, I think the Oscars is just... Hour. Are we? There's We're probably no, a lot of We're stuff like that we can the thing about the Oscars is it just seems like a chance for the Academy to jerk itself off. It doesn't seem reflective of what people... I think that's what it looks like. Yeah, agreed. Have you guys seen this little show called Adam Ruins Everything? I love Adam Ruins Everything. There's one about the Oscars mm-hmm. and everything. You should watch it. It's just bought. Like, whoever wins, it's just whoever threw the most money Oh yeah. It. I mean, yeah, because you campaigned. And so they've been trying to counteract that, but they're doing it poorly. Like, this year, one thing they're changing is there's Best Picture. and then No, I think also- they took that back. Oh, think, did they take it back? I think they there was so much backlash to it that they're like, no, See, we decided not to. I didn't have as much of an issue with the part where they were going to have best picture and then also have one that would award the like the most popular, the highest grossing. Which the thing is, and this is the complaint I agree with the most, the highest grossing movie already gets the reward of the most money. Yeah. yeah. Why well, you don't need a trophy it, too? It, right? a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of people thought too that like the most popular movie. Like, of course, it's going to be Black Panther. But if Black Panther is that great, just put them in this best picture. Like, best, what the fuck is the point of not getting a well, best picture? Best then? picture only goes to the movie that either A, the Academy gets the most money for, or B, the Academy feels the most pleased by. Yeah. Like, it's like crash. It's never like won. its own little lobbyist thing. It is. Whatever movie you gives go. them the most money. Or it's whatever movie throws the most money to the mm-hmm. people voting. In order for them to be like, this is my um, movie, this is my movie. Because if you go to HollywoodReporter.com, like even now, just all, every ad is for your consideration, mm-hmm. this movie. And they're just like throwing it in these people's face because the Hollywood Reporter is like an industry magazine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? It takes <laughs> out the just, whole point no. of there being an award. Like, like if you... If Everything's you, an illusion. Yeah. Like uh, another, another good thing to check out is uh, the channel Film Theory did a really oh, good yeah. video on how to win an Oscar basically and it goes down basically what the Academy looks for aside from the money aspect like uh, like how movies about World War 2 mm. or non-fiction movie. movie. movies that have about to do with uh, with the Academy itself or filmmakers and to the point where Matt Pat the host of the show actually pitches an idea that he's like this by all of these definitions would win best picture and it's like based on a true story you like found check it out it's honestly a great video and it's great to understand the inner workings of it but yeah in conclusion if you like the oscars go for it but fuck the whole concept because (laughs) like i think award shows in general are just jerking yourself off yeah Yeah. i feel like it should i feel like award shows are stupid i feel like it should be more like just like a hey we're gonna a tribute like trophies almost like what gives you the right to tell me what's good Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, even if I fucking hate something, love it. Go for it. You should try to find appreciation in any form of media, if possible. And being constantly told by Rotten Tomatoes or the Oscars, like, oh, this movie's bad or this movie's good, man, fuck that. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not. Form your own opinion. Well, yeah, he's like, my own damn opinion. Like, La La Land won all the Oscars. <laughs> I think that movie's a pile of trash. I, I haven't seen never it. Never even seen it. Never cared to. It's. Pile of trash. It doesn't. It doesn't land in my demographic. I I googled. Are there chainsaws in La La Land? And I heard, there was a no. And are there breast assists in La La Land? And also no. Are there breast assists being sliced in half by chainsaws? Also no. So I did not check that movie out. That's like I think a you need trifecta. I think yeah. you need to buy it and check out the special movie. features because I'm certain they cut. I'm those sure. Scenes. I'm they sure might Emma Stone cut those scenes. All right, off. get the fuck out. Oh, no, wait. Even better, cut those C's. Oh. Oh. 
Uh, anyway, to go back to the original I get it. thing of this podcast, Hereditary, first half of the movie fucking sucked. Could have cut that down in half. Whatever. Played out wonderful. the really good parts even more. I didn't need a fucking half an hour explanation about why her mom sucked. I didn't need that. It's called character <laughs> development. It's God, called character it's development a, of a dead a, person. No, like, I don't need that. It right. doesn't... You've got to care no. about these fucking people. No, we were working There on was way too much set up for the best part to be this much. That movie could okay. be five hours long. It was and so I would have been, yeah. like, fine with it. I was working That's on a script with like a friend it. not too long ago, and he kind of he kind of brought up a question, and I was just taken aback by it, because we're developing this one character, and he's like, he's like, you know, he's, he's new to the thing. He's new to the whole filmmaking scene, and I don't fault him for this, but he's like, why do you need to develop every little aspect? He's like, I don't, I don't see the way that's important. It's like, you do. Like, even if the character's only on screen for, like, two minutes, the more developed, the better. Because if you can spark a connection, you're doing it right. Yeah. If you don't develop it, it doesn't matter how small or how big the character, it's gonna suck. That would be fine if in Hereditary, they didn't start the actual scary parts for the last 25 minutes of the film. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a roller coaster. That's the roller coaster. No, it's not a roller coaster. It's the buildup of I it. I literally almost stopped watching the film because I was like, "This is the most boring thing in the world." I don't know. So I, I paused it. I walked around, did a load of laundry, came back. Then the big thing happened in the middle, and then I was like, "Oh, okay, now I'm intrigued. Now I'm intrigued." And then there was all this like setup. And I'm like, I'm getting bored again. Like, there's nothing happening. That's like know. the witch. I the witch, for me, was the worst thing the I've ever seen. The witch actually made me bored to the point where I stopped it and came back a day later. I could. I, I think I would They're both liked, A24, so I think, I think that's I just I think I would have liked the witch had it been easier to understand. Like, I get that the That dude's voice is movie. so deep. It's I always so have deep subtitles on it. Yeah, it's us too. And I could not get submerged into it because I'm like, what are you even saying? I was just bored. I didn't really care. I was I'm just not bored. A very well read person. But so. the other problem <laughs> is when I like listen to other people talk about the witch because you know it was the best horror film of that year. Like listening to Faculty of Horror, they're like, "This is a feminist movie. It's perfect. Everything about it's great." And I'm like, "Did I watch a different movie?" Because right? <laughs> I got nothing of that. Well, from I get, it. like you, you know, it's empowering women. Like, yeah, be a badass. But it's kind of not at the same time. Right. I'm just but sort it's of not. like. No. Yeah. Like, I, where are you getting that? And and you know, I've never been accused of being the uh, brightest bulb on the tree, but a lot of the subtext in that movie apparently was completely lost on me. Oh really? Uh, in the witch? Like what? What's there's the a subtext? lot. Oh, there's Whoa. just there's just so much stuff that these people that critics and uh, fans alike deem scary and I'm like I'm, I'm like you I'm like did I watch a different movie I did not I did not see what was scary but that's kind of how get out too you I was know, like, like did I watch a different movie oh the you know good. the goat is talking I'm supposed to be horrified like or, I'm okay but the goat is like the devil telling yeah. her to go run off to be with these witches Would thou like to and you're like I thought that was creepy I thought that part but was scary but it was scary. like and it, it did me. have its moments but then like the ending, you're like, oh, she's completely succumbed to this, and like, but it's a very feminist movie because she's, you know, breaking out on her own, and she's no longer being tied down by her dad, and like the fact that she's like a woman, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't felt get like that. the dad wanted to fuck her. I felt like the dad wanted to fuck everyone, including the goat. Isn't the <laughs> that's the only subtext I got? There's from. the there's the like, deleted there's, scene. There's there's incest. Black Phillip going on yeah. here. Wait wait wait! Isn't the whole point of Christmas tree lights is they're all the same level of brightness? Yes. 
But then why would you be the not the brightest bulb on the tree? Like it's, if one it's going the, out. It's going out. Wouldn't that send out all? You know what? Not anymore. God, get a brand new set of. It's LEDs. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm not buying these fancy pants, multiple braided Christmas tree lights like the rest would, of y'all one percenters. I would like to visit the witch at least one more time. With I think after I feel like I have grown as a movie watcher since the witch was that last year or the year before I think two years two years ago I don't remember. I've never heard of it all I know the the vavitch maybe it was just ahead of its time the vavitch well I, no. after listening to the faculty of horrors episode about the witch I actually was like maybe I because I, I even texted you I'm like maybe I need to rewatch this because I did not get any of this from this movie. Maybe it was just me sitting at home. Like again, I think hype killed it because everyone was talking about it. <laughs> and uh, I think the issue for me is um, gravitating towards what I gravitate towards is the you know I gravitate towards '80s horror, um, neon colors and uh, over the top dialogue, over the top gore. Everything is, you know, slimy and splattery and gross and gratuitous nudity and leg warmers and synth music and, and all of the, you know, it's it's popcorn. It's fun. And when I watch The Witch, I feel like I need to be, like, writing an essay. I feel like I need to be taking notes, like, and then need where... to be, like, looking into, oh, this takes place in this year. So then I need to look into, like, witchcraft in this year. And I have to do all this research yeah, to be like, oh, that was kind of scary. Like, you know. Movies shouldn't be homework. Yeah, and that's what but it feels like. at the same like time, fun. horror is subjective. That's true. And you also, love blood, guts, and gore, titties. I hate those movies. I don't want to watch someone get splattered all over. I like the psychological thrillers where I'm, like, leaving the movie theater going, oh, my God. Oh, and my see, God. I get this now. Like, I'm, like, my, like I'm on mushrooms. Like, I'm crazy, you yeah. know? And the whole a, world is alive! Yeah. And there's I a, don't want to see someone get splattered on the screen. I want... There to be a subtext to my film, right. and most of the films that you love are just killing for the sense of killing. All the films that I love are like, there's much more to this. Right. <laughs> Equally enjoyable, but that's why it's subjective. subjective. Right, and there is a fine line, oh, yes. and there is a fine line at some point with with the films that I watch. There is like a tipping scale, because at some point it does become too gratuitous. It does become mm-hmm. tiresome. It becomes a formula I think that's that is terrifier. Be- was yeah. too much. Um, Steve, uh, I know a handful of the people attached in that movie, and I do, I understand what they're going for, but yeah, it is. It's it was, a little. It was, have it's I a, seen that one? Uh, no, Art the Clown. Um, no. But it's, no, you haven't. I watched it when you were out one it's, time on a photo shoot. It's, it's bloody and gory for the sake of just being like, oh, we gotcha. You know? Yeah. Like, we're just being, we're just being gross. Yeah. And there, <laughs> like, and there's, I don't like that. and there's I, that line. I hate psychological films that are the same way. They're like, oh, we're psychological thrillers for the sake of art. Like, like we, like it. It just seems like, and I'm not knocking. Do you have them an example? Examples. Knock knock kind of felt that way for me. Like it felt like it was trying to be it too was psychological. Like you had to think too much about it. Not not Which even I kind that. I kind of feel that way about Hereditary. Like, there was a lot of questions that were not answered in that movie. That now I'm sitting here going, but why? And it's not a good, but why? It's a, like a, I don't need to know this fucking answer. It just seemed <laughs> like, like I want to know this Like, answer. I'll use Knock Knock as my example. It seemed like too much, it was just kind of like, here it is, take it. Like, in, it didn't seem to really go with it or develop it for me. It didn't really, like, it seemed like that was all it was doing. It was just like, oh, oh, all and in the head, all in the head. because you haven't been married for ten years. <laughs> what that might be I, it. Maybe that's why we enjoy it, because it's like, 
it, not that it would ever happen, but it's like, I could see how it could get to them. Yeah. I just well, like, didn't see that their marriage was failing in any way. I didn't pick up on that. Are you kidding me? It was they her wasn't. father's day. She didn't... But they were like, the way that he was acting and like talking to all of his kids and his wife in the morning and shit, it just kind of seemed like she had a rough day. It didn't, it didn't come off to me like but it again, was the whole marriage. It came off it like it was... It might be that you were not put in that position because like when I went to go see A Star is Born with my mom, Spoilers, I don't think you're gonna ever watch it. No, thank you. He dies exactly when my mom's fiance died. Oh. And so my mom was way more horrified mm-hmm. by that movie than I ever was gonna be because she went through that. Right. A very abusive relationship that ended with him killing himself, you know, on a day that should have been more about her than him. And it was just like my mom was way more triggered by that movie than I was ever gonna be. But mm-hmm. I think put in that position, she loved that movie more than I'm ever going to love that movie either. So you're just, you're not the audience for no. that. Yeah. And, I, and, and, so and again, that go, goes to the whole subjective Go thing. back like, to to what I was going to say about Knock Knock, is I feel like with Knock Knock, it, it is, it's almost a, like a voyeuristic um, approach to this film. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, there's no build up, there's no, there's no, you know. There's no just, point. It's just saying, take this for what this is. But the way I feel about that movie is, it's almost like the from the point of view of the two girls is it's almost like they're outside the window watching and and that is the story and i feel like you as the audience member you are you're outside the window peeking in to this man's life and you're literally like thrown into this man's life there is no setup there is no punchline there is no bullshit this is six hours of this guy's life you know his mundane ass life he's sitting there you know, working on his architecture, smoking some weed, his family's out of the house for the weekend, his fucking life is boring as shit, he's just, you know, he's going through his day... Couldn't even get any on Father's Day. He's going through his day, his daily routine, and then it's interrupted. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no... By excitement. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing that needs to... We don't need to see at the beginning of the movie during the credits. We don't need to no, see the I girls the like the first like thirty minutes yeah, of the movie. We don't need like, to see the girls plotting anything. We don't. No. It's um another movie that you need to see the original and the remake are both, which they're shot for shot the exactly the same. Is Funny Games. Mm-hmm. Funny yeah. Games is the exact same thing. There's only one thing in that movie that takes me out of it. It's the remote control scene for those who has seen yeah. Funny Games, but it's the very third much wall break. It's the only one fourth wall. Yeah. Yeah, it's very. But it's. It's the same. It's like, this is a family. Husband, wife, son, at their vacation home. Boring shit. Making breakfast. And two people knock on the door. They answer the door. And two and these two people who look completely unassuming, very well-dressed, well-read, young boys, are psychopaths. And you get no time to prepare. You get no time to accept what's happening you just have to there is no reason why they're yeah. doing it and you are left with like you oh, have to you and, and so you you feel dirty you feel mm-hmm. like a, you're yeah. like you're a, from a voyeuristic standpoint and movies like that which uh the original last house on the left is a mm. great example that it's, movie is it's dirty it's gross and and you you're want, disgusting for watching it and you, but you but you <laughs> no you you want to help and that, you know, and that knock, no. knock, <laughs> knock, knock elicits that feeling I, for I me of, of being like, I was like even I, if I, I could help, it, like, I, I can't. It, I, like, I want to help. I want to help right. Keanu Reeves get loose. I want Keanu Reeves to be safe. Or, you know, it's the same thing with 
Mary in uh, Last House on the Left. You're like, I want her to swim away. I want her to not be raped. I want this child to return to her home and be safe. And you can't do anything from the other side of the screen. And uh, there are a handful of movies that do that. And that's what I think Knock Knock nailed. And I I know everybody hates Knock Knock, so I'm going to stop talking about right. it. I love it. <laughs> I, like, like I said, and I, I do agree that it, it wasn't, I'm not the demographic for it. So, like, to each their own. But I just, and it's been so long since I've seen it, I can just remember how I felt immediately after viewing it. Gross? I don't think gross is the right word for it. I think I just was just like, why? Like, mm. I, and I understand, like, there wasn't suppo- there wasn't supposed to be a point, but it just, I, I can't quite explain it. It just rubbed me every sort of r- <laughs> the wrong way except for the way they were intending it to. And then you would came tell- off as... It came off as like psychologically oh pretentious to me. You oh, dirty dog. I was gonna say, and then you waited till everyone went to sleep and touched yourself the right way. Exactly. <laughs> no, rubbed, <laughs> rubbed yourself the right way. Um, oh. Fuck that punchline up. I did. I did. Oh. Damn it, Rotten Roger. Um, I think before we end, we should all say what our favorite movie of 2018 is. It doesn't have to be horror. It could be anything. All right. I'm not gonna like my answer, but I'm sticking to it. Sticking to it. Uh, I just well, actually, when this. By the time this drops, my top five of 2018 will have dropped. So my number one film of 2018 is The Summer of 84. Fantastic little movie that has a total vibe of like Stranger Things and Rear Window, you know, which uh, I was going to say Disturbia, but Disturbia and is a remake Rear of yeah. Rear Window. So, but it has That's this, good. it has this great um, coming of age story, this this ragtag group of preteen boys and it's sort of like their last summer of innocence. If you want to know the synopsis, you've got the video. Yeah. Yeah, what's your what's your favorite non-horror film from this 2018? Year? Yeah. I don't know cuz I only watch horror movies. Uh, I couldn't tell you the last non-horror movie that I watched of this year. Venom. Yeah, I watched Venom. I like Venom. But if Venom. you go that, you're, your favorite film of 2018. You saw Spider-Verse, didn't you? Yeah, that was fun. Oh, I am going to go yeah. see that. It was rocking. But I wouldn't say that that's the best oh. movie of oh, no. 2018. No. Not for me. No. Well, it's the best movie. But I'll tell you this, though. Summer Summer of 84 is not necessarily a horror film. Okay. So it's it's right down the middle. You could take it either way. It's a great it, coming of age. It's on a lot of horror films of 2018 lists. Yeah. So. It's, it's so fucking good. And that's... That's mine, my, all around. That was just my favorite movie this year because I was like blown away, and it was like the next day I better watch that again, and then it was like a week later I was like I better watch that again. Like I have gone back so many times. It has this weird. Um, did you ever see Mean Creek? Do you know Mean Creek? Josh no. Josh Peck. When he was like a fat Josh Peck, three and a half years old. Yeah, from no. Drake and Josh. Nobody's it, seen it. Oh, it's <laughs> an amazing movie. No one's seen You've <laughs> talked about it before. Where he's Pat Josh Peck. He's sort of like a he's this kid that no one really <coughs> likes. He's loud, he cusses a lot, and he's he lies all the time. He's a, you know, he's probably what, like thirteen or something when this movie was made. And he's just like the Heather Council. He's a, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's not the coolest kid in the crew. And everyone just kind of puts up with him. Well, they all go out riding this canoe or whatever they go out and have like a little boat ride spoiler alert um an accident happens an argument ensues and he 
dies. So this group of preteen kids decide, we hide the body, we pretend we don't know what happened. And it's just this very um, amazing loss of innocence. You know, this is it's the last summer these kids are technically kids. They're about to become teenagers, and it deals with that growing up way too fast in such a great way. And I think Summer of 84 captures that feel as well. It's like you're all forced to grow up at some point. Everyone, you know, there's that great meme that says, like, at some point everybody was outside playing and they went back inside for that to be the last time that they ever all got together and played. And it's tough for a movie to capture that, you know? The fireflies are going away. It's starting to get cold again. Summer is ending and, you know, bikes take off in different directions. And uh, you're never the same again. You know, you're not having everybody over on Monday night to watch wrestling or you're not getting up Saturday morning to watch cartoons and go whatever it is, go down to the creek or go build a fort or whatever. Like I didn't know we were supposed to write an essay for this. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm just, gonna, No, I'm just I'm, I'm I was just really I go say. off on I go off on tangents, but this I love that style of movie. I love that coming of age um, style of movie. Okay. So that's that's mine. And no one else has to talk as long as I talk. I'm a long winded son of a bitch. No, you're fine. <laughs> Tori. You got Tori? Oh, me? Mine is a tie between Infinity War and Star is Born. <laughs> uh, gross. Oh. No, because they both elicit extreme emotion out of you. They both kept you captivated. And they're both just very well-written, great films. All right. Probably we'll never see a Star is Born. You never know. It's a good movie. Like... Put aside the fact that it's Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, it's a romance. Even... Like, directed that's, by Bradley that's Cooper, the, too. Directed that's by Bradley Cooper, thing. too. I don't mm. like romance movies. Put that aside because it's not focused on, it focuses on their romance for a hot second. Bradley Cooper's an alcoholic in it, and she chooses to still love him, and then it's the trials oh, see, of. See, and there you go. I it's the trials of her. Like that. But then also, she becomes famous, he can't handle it. And it's just so. Good. There is a period in it where I'm like, this movie's taking a little long, but it picks right back up. And the music is fantastic. I didn't know Bradley Cooper could sing. <laughs> like, he's so good in that movie. And now everybody's like, they should be together in real life. And I'm like, yeah, it's, a both, it's a they movie. They both have significant others. And he has a baby. That's like, called acting. If yeah. They, I don't know. I, they as much as good I walked out of that going, they love each hey. other so much. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Mila Kunis no. and Ashton Kutcher are married. Yeah. That's true. I but that. Angelina Jolie did that a lot. She yeah. married a lot of her co-stars. Yeah. And how did that work out for her? I think her and Brad really did love each other. I think Brad <laughs> fucked that up. Yeah. Because Sorry, he was, Angelina. He's if you're an alcoholic. Yeah, right. and He's getting abusive towards the kids. <laughs> so I think Brad fucked that one up, not her. What was your favorite movie of 2018, Megan? My or, uh, favorite movie. Charlie Altamont or whatever your fucking name is. Uh, no, Bert Janet Snakehole. Janet Snakehole. Janet Snakehole. Um, that's April's. Yes. Person on. Yes. Anyway, my favorite, and you guys are all going to yell at me, is Get Out. That was the year before. No, doesn't, it's still it doesn't a movie count in for 2018. It can't. It's still a movie right now. That doesn't. No, that doesn't I, count. Okay, if I can't have that, I say Hereditary. I think it was the best movie that I have seen in a long, long, long ass time. It's scared it her. It really scared me. I fucking had to. I was sitting on what, the floor. What point did you scream? When up in the corner, that 
part got me because what's the thing that I hate the most in a scary movie besides children? Fucking crawling around. <laughs> me uh, too. The, the, the crawl, like, the, the door That's thing. why when we went to Annabelle and the thing was crawling up the stairs, I was like, ah, no! You must really hate Spider-Man, then. The I don't like Spider-Man, actually. Like, your bed, I, like, when I was a kid, yeah, my your bed, bed was your my safe shield. Space. It was my safe space. So when anything happens in a scary movie that deals with a bed, if... It horrifies me because I'm like, no, that's against the rules. Yeah. You're, not, you're supposed I, to When that gone. part happened, I went, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't, like, get scared and scream. I just, like, got the shivers. And then the part in the attic. The part, attic part. Oh. I gangster. couldn't handle that part either. That, I couldn't handle that part. I was just, part. like, fucking right. I want to like, make it. Like, it was cool. I want to make it. Collette's amazing in that film. She should win awards. I wanted to see it. I was like, I just want to see this happening. I think it was better hearing the sound. I know it was. Uh, oh, but oh was... that's what part you're talking about. But I was, I was going to say, I want to make a gif out of the, the attic. Oh, oh that part me. fucked me up, too. See? Nope. <laughs> I just. See, that part from, like, the part with the bed mm. up. Mm-hmm. I wanted more of that, but that's but so I got good. everything before, and I didn't that like over it. Over and over and over, you're gonna be desensitized no. by the movie. You no, always it was, leave a it wanting was too, more. It was mm-hmm. not always enough. Leave, no, it was not enough of the horror. It was not enough of the horror. But it was total buildup. I mean, if you look, okay, <laughs> it go was back. Too much buildup. Yes. I wanted something I I like Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby is over two hours long, and spends an hour and forty eight minutes. But that's Build, building tension, and then says, "Guess what? Devil baby." That's and, not the part that was scary in that film for me. Okay. The part in Rosemary's Baby that was scary was the fact that she was being groomed for it. Her husband had her raped by the fucking devil. That part the was same scary. Thing. Same thing in Hereditary. But, They're grooming. But you don't the, know that's what's happening until like that's right the towards the best fucking part. So you go back and here. you're like. Holy shit. They How were from I the jump. No. They there were was, grooming was, from the jump. They were grooming from the jump, yes. Hereditary. But they were we not can. doing a good job of explaining all of it. Because I left that movie, if you read my review, going, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is that? Why this? Why that? Were you doing this for this reason? And they never explained it. Hmm. That's the best part of the movies. Yeah, you leave it leave it Just, up to the imagination. Yeah. No, there was too that's much like, left up to that's the There is a threshold for that, but I, I The little really... device Charlie's making, which you see then Joan is making too, you're like, what the fuck is that? You never told me. It's like a talisman. It's, yeah. It's a talisman, but you shouldn't have to make me go, oh, there's this thing like that she was making and now Joan's making and they're making this thing. Tell me. You showed me in a <laughs> well, book a yeah. highlighted thing and I'm but supposed to a, put it all together. There's a fine line of... Of, you don't uh, want to be spoon fed. Yeah, you don't want it to be tell. Freddy versus Jason. Right? I think if you, you know, know why they know. say that. Because that's when he comes. That's when he comes for you. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. You know why they say that? Because that's when Freddy comes for you. I, I that literally is just literally heard, verbatim from. The I movie. just heard the line of dialogue. I heard the no. you know. Or like I, in, in Godzilla from the '90s when there's all those fish and there's like, oh, that's a lot of fish. It's like <laughs> I can tell. That, I see. Thank I you for pointing that out to me. Thank you. What about no? It was looking at things. No, I didn't like it. What was yeah, what was your? Okay, so I really want to say Infinity War because that movie elicited some great emotion Birds. for me. However, it's fine. At the at the risk of, but there was one movie that elicited such a different feeling I've never had. Paddington Two. <laughs> Damn it! Those are good movies. But, uh, no, it's one that is, will cause a lot of strife in the nerd community. Solo. Solo is the best movie I've. seen I still haven't yet. seen it. Because I want to though. Solo people, the fans hated it because. 
I don't know um, if you know about Solo. It's a yeah, Star Wars spin-off movie ba- based around Han Solo oh, yeah, yeah. Before, before episode 4. So before this like he before meets the Luke in them. Fourth movie. Yeah, whatever. Yes. It's confusing, I'm sorry. But sorry. are you Canadian now? <laughs> but Solo, the thing about Solo, people had boycotted it and stuff because they were still angry about episode 8 and the way it was and whatever you think. Or about, um Force of, or what was it? Last Rogue Jedi. One. Rogue One. People hated Rogue One. I too. love Rogue One. I but, thought Rogue One was the greatest Star Solo, Wars movie ever. Solo. The thing about Solo is Solo elicited a feeling from me I have not felt while watching a movie since a child. It Because I didn't get to see any of the Star Wars movies in theaters up until 7. Mm-hmm. 7 just felt like 4 again. Rogue One saw in theaters, really good, liked it. Uh, it was a war movie. 8. 8 was alright. But Solo... Solo felt like what I imagined watching the original trilogy in theaters would feel like. And that's and it what did, I got from Rogue it One. Did, it did some plot twists that were absolutely mind-blowing as far as the lore goes. And because of the boycotts and all the pissed-off fanboys, we might not get another mm-hmm. one. And it pisses me off because it seemed like Star Wars was going in the right direction. Yeah. So Solo, my favorite movie of 2018. I still haven't watched it, but I said Rogue One is a better Star Wars film than... Force Awakens. Oh, definitely. Ro- it, Rogue, Force Awakens should have been Rogue Solo, One. Solo, Rogue One, 7, 8. I absolutely hate the new Star Wars films. I don't mind 8 as much as everybody else does, but I see the hate for it on on some degrees. There's some issues where it's like, like a lot of people complain about Rose because they're like, oh. I loved Rose. I, I, I liked Rose. Addition. I thought Rose was fine. I, don't I, get... I would love to see oh, a movie of Rose and Finn. Star That's Wars like... is too political now. Uh, you do have, real... to have a female. You, you do realize that the fucking prequel trilogies were about Senate and galactic trade deals. And the original trilogy was about a fucking empire that had taken over after the fall of a Senate. Like, it, they've always been fucking political. Yeah. All right, so that's that's all on mine. That's all on mine. I can see Dustin's flatlining. So no, you're good. You're good. They're only um, flatlining because of Star Wars. No, no, you're fine. I'm not I'm flatlining because we're dying from all the nerd vapors. No, nerd vapors are good vapors. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's because it was vapors was the same word. Vapors. Gotta get the vapors. Get the vapors. You're yeah. a good rhyme. Yeah, you went Shut to the up. you went to the Kanye <laughs> West school of rhyming. <laughs> Um, your beard is weird. It's yeah, your fucking beard is weird. Let's talk about it. My beard uh, is fine, thank you. Um, on that note, we will wrap this episode up. And uh, we're going to try to make this a quasi-regular thing. Um, let us know in the comments if you enjoyed this. And if you have any topics you would like us to, to discuss, let us know. We're super new to this. And we are going to continue to grow. You look really good today, by the way, whoever's listening to this. Yeah. Oh, I totally thought you were talking yeah, about Dustin. Nice. I'm like, you know what? I've been telling him all uh, day. Dustin looks he pretty looks, good, too. He looks so good. Right. Roger. 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 Roger looks good. Yeah, it's tough to... Don't tough use to my real name, I like, either. I like how he kind of went little girl style. He's like, Roger. I'm Roger, guys. <laughs> look uh, at me. I'm Roger now. <laughs> so, uh, on that note, I suppose we should probably get going, because, uh, after all, there's a lot of movies out there, and somebody's got to watch them. So why not us, right? Right.